It's all about. That's what it's all about. Well, we're in this series uh, that's called Soaring Like Eagles. And um, we want to be able to soar in various areas of our lives. And I pray that even as a result of us focusing on this, that some of you are realizing some areas that you do need to rise up and rise above the circumstances. So far, we've looked at soaring in ministry with God's promises. We've looked at soaring with dreams. Believe it and achieve it. How many of you know you got to believe it in order to achieve it? Right? And then, of course, last week, soaring with confidence and rising above, rising above the circumstances. So let's go back to our verse for this series again and look at it. Isaiah 40, verse 31. But those who hope, say that word with me, hope. Don't lose that. Hold on to that word. We'll come back to it in a little bit. Those who hope in the Lord will what? Renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So as we look at soaring like eagles, um, I want to share another eagle fact with you this morning. Been trying to do that every week. And here's another eagle fact for you. Eagles replace their feathers each year. So eagles practice renewal. And the process of renewal and restoration of the feather replacement takes place over several months. Now, listen to this one. Eagles have approximately 7,000 feathers. That's a lot of feathers to replace in a couple months, isn't it? Each wing, I was really just taken back by this one. Each wing has about 1,300 feathers. Each wing. However, unlike other birds, the eagle is not severely handicapped during this time because no two adjacent wing feathers fall out or molt at the same time. Isn't that cool? That's God's design right there, right? God's design. Thus, the eagle is able to continue hunting throughout this entire renewal process and in a similar way, I believe that we too can go through seasons of renewal and we will experience restoration and God's healing touch. And so this morning, I want to share a message with you that is entitled Soaring with Restoration, Healing Touch. Soaring with Restoration, God's Healing Touch. Now, restoration is a reoccurring theme in Scripture. As those who strayed from the teachings and the love of God sought to restore that divine relationship. We can read in the Old Testament so many different times where the Israelites were living right in sync with God. And then all of a sudden, they began to get off course. And they began to stray. And then God would get their attention, something would happen and God would get their attention and, and they would come back to God. They would restore that relationship, right? Anybody read the Old Testament in here? You know that that's what happened over and over and over again. The people of God would stray away and God would bring them back and they would stray away and God would bring them back. And so this, this thread of redemption is also identified in this word restoration because God is in the restoration business. Yeah? 
God takes our lives and he brings restoration and renewal. And he starts with that relationship with him. That's where restoration is to begin. And you know, eagles used to be on the endangered species list. It's good news that they're no longer there, right? Now they're under a protection act. But thank God they're off of the endangered species list. Thank God that Christians are off of the endangered species list. Or are we? Or are we? We should be. We could be, right? How many of you know that our government isn't necessarily going to protect us from extinction? But God will. Because he's the restorer, right? And there's parts of our government that would like for us to be extinct. Oh my, it's quiet in here this morning. You don't believe that? That's why it's so important that you vote according to biblical values this week. Because there are candidates out there that would like to silence our voice. Well, you're going to tell us who to vote for? No, I can't do that. Can't do that. Won't do that. But I think you know who to vote for if you know your Bible. And if you know and understand the need for discernment. But I'm telling you, friends, there are people in our government that want to silence our voice as believers. They want to remove our influence in this nation. And if you don't see that, you need to wake up. And I'll just leave that there because this is not a political message. But I, it's my responsibility to sound the alarm. It's my responsibility to blow the trumpet. Guess what? It's your responsibility to wake up and to vote according to biblical values. How many of you know that God is bigger than our challenges? Bigger than the challenges that we face in life. And we know this to be true from Scripture because God promises to restore. He promises to redeem us. He promises to protect us. Just like he delivered the children of Israel from the hands of the Egyptians, he can deliver us today. Do you believe that? And I want to go back to Exodus for a moment. Go back all the way nearly to the beginning of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus is the next book. And we're going to look at verse 4 of chapter 19. Exodus chapter 19, verse 4. Now see, the moment I start talking about politics, some of y'all clammed up already. Okay, loosen up. Come on. Elbow your neighbor. Say, it's, it's all, that's all he's going to say about politics, so loosen up. Man, you, can't, you don't dare get political in church without getting this. It's all right. Just relax. I'm not going to mention it anymore, okay? But this passage of Scripture is such an encouragement to us as believers, friends. Here's what it says in Exodus chapter 19, the second part of verse 4. You know, you know how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. How he carried the children of Israel on eagle's wings. Well, what does that mean? That, my friends, speaks of restoration and renewal. Restoration. A couple points I'm going to make in this sermon, and the first is restoration. That God wants to carry us on eagle's wings. 
Now, he said in this passage, I bore you, I carried you on eagle's wings. This is a beautiful, beautiful expression of God's tenderness and his care for his people. Even when they were disobedient, even when they strayed away from God's principles and, and, and God's precepts, God says, I am willing to restore you if you're willing to come back to me. Isn't that a great promise? And I believe, church, that God is continuing to do that today. He is restoring that which was lost. Just as he rescued his chosen people. And he did it with great ease, I might add. With great ease and with strength and with the swiftness of an eagle. And he longs in the same way to bear us up on wings like eagles. And to bring us into a deeper, more intimate relationship with him. Providing his promises. And all the many, many blessings that accompany that. These words can be applied to our lives today, friends. You're not too far. You haven't strayed too far off course, but what God can bring you back. Your life is not a mess to the degree that God is unable to restore you. Yeah? I remember when I was a teenager, I had a muscle car. It was a 72 uh, Chevelle Malibu. It was an old lady's car when I got I'm sorry, old ladies. I are old women. I shouldn't have said that. God, help me. Forget I said that. If these weren't boots, I'd take them off and put them in my mouth. It was a granny's car. That's what it was. It was low miles. It was, it was in bad shape, though. It was let, let go. And, and you know what? I took that car and I broke it down. Yet sometimes things have to be broken down before they're put together in the right way. And I broke that car down. I had to sand off all the rust, had to replace all the, where the rust had literally just eaten through the body, had to put Bondo, anybody done any body work? Any of you guys worked on Bondo before? And then you have to sand it down again. You have to prime it. And then you take it, get it painted. And you, you know, it was a lot of work. But when I got that car completely restored, it was beautiful. And then when you know, I wrecked it. How does that happen? But it happened. And I had to restore it yet again. And guess what? I was a stupid teenager and I wrecked it again. And I had to go back and restore parts of that body. But here's the good news. When it was all said and done, I got it all back together and then April wrecked it the next time. And that's when I decided to get rid of it. I think she was going through a drive through window or something and just totally like scraped the pole. I'm like, oh, great. I think that's our sign to get rid of this car, hon. But, you know, time and time again, I restored that car. How many of you know God is like that? Time and time again, he is able to take the damage in your life and he's able to just start all over. And when he restores it, friends, it's actually better than it was before. You know, there's cause and effect in this particular passage as well, because this is, I brought you to myself. 
And in verse 5 of chapter 19, it says, If we obey the voice of the Lord and remain in his covenant, and for those of us here today, we're not under the old covenant. Don't, don't get confused right now. I'm referring to words that are written in the old covenant, but we're reading them as new covenant believers with that understanding. All right? So reading that particular passage with eyes of a believer under the new covenant, we read those words and, and they still have cause and effect. How many of you know that? Even, even the words of God, Old and New Testament, still have cause and effect in our lives, whether we are under the new covenant or the old covenant, right? But because of God's grace, we are under the new covenant and we can expect to be carried along by his mighty hand and outstretched arm even more so because of God's love and his grace and the completed work of Jesus. Amen? But this scripture can apply to our lives because God still works on this basis of cause and effect. That if we will do this, then he will do that. And we see in Titus chapter 2, a verse that parallels this Old Testament passage. Chapter 2 verse 14, it says, Who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. I want to be eager to do what is good. Don't you? I don't want to be one of these believers that's like, God, help me not to sin. God, help me not to sin. God, help me not to sin. What's wrong with that picture? God, help me not to sin. God, help me not to sin. Why, why don't we rethink our theology? If we're living with this mentality, God, help me not to sin. Help me not to stray. God, help me not. If we understand the love and the grace of Jesus... And we know that we are his children. It should not be us being concerned about the sins of commission, but the sins of omission. Help us to say, God, what should we be doing? What could we be doing? Not, help me not to sin, help me not to sin, help me not to sin. Because, let me tell you something. If you're praying, God, help me not to sin, help me not to sin, what are you doing? You're focusing on sin. You're focusing on the habit. You're focusing on the issue. You're focusing on the problem. And instead of focusing on the problem, you got to spread your wings and you got to mount up with wings like eagles. And you've got, last week's message, you've got to, with confidence, rise above it. And then expect God to bring restoration to your life. That's what it's about. Jesus wants to redeem what has been lost. And he wants to grant us all the grace and all the love and all the compassion to pull it back together. I remember years ago, I used to sing a song by Tim Archer. Tim Archer, anybody remember the Archers? They were a good group, trio, brothers and sisters. And Tim Archer wrote a song called Picking Up the Pieces. It was, it was a great song. Picking up the pieces of my life. And sometimes, friends, you just got to look to God and you got to say, God, 
It's not going to be me. It's going to be you. You've got to pick. If everybody is here in church, why in the world am I getting texted during the middle of my message? (laughs) Dear Lord. All right, everybody text pastor your questions right now. Look, a bird. It's not an eagle either. It's a a bird being chased by, uh, oh well. God wants to set his seal of love upon us and reveal a heart of restoration for the grace that saves us also instructs us and keeps us and carries us on those wings of love, right? It's part of that restoration process. How many of you know that you and I are treasures, prized possessions of Almighty God? Yeah? And because of that, he is willing to restore us, to make all things new. But also, he is willing to heal us, to bring healing. And when I say the word healing, as soon as I say that word... You're thinking of different ways that perhaps you have been healed or areas of your life where you need healing or someone else that you know who needs healing, right? I mean, so right away I say that word healing and a lot of thoughts just come to our mind immediately. But I want us to think on a passage of scripture that talks about the fact that there is healing in his wings. Malachi Chapter 4, the first part of verse 2 says, But for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness, son, S-U-N, not O-N, S-U-N, the son of righteousness will rise with healing, healing in his wings. Now this is a somewhat obscure passage that speaks of God being the son of righteousness. The son of righteousness, as in it dispels the gloom. It does away with the oppression and the injustice. And of course, it brings healing to his own. Just as in the natural order of things, the sun, and thank God it's shining today, right? Oh man, this week has been... Oh, right? Those of you who need the the vitamin from the rays of the sun, you're like deprived this week. I get it. But the leaves are still falling, man. I keep blowing and they're falling and I blow and they fall. Anybody else? Like, dear Lord, I wish the trees would just empty out all at once and be, be done with it. But how many of you know that God is like the sun, in that when his light shines, when the sun of righteousness shines, it casts out all darkness, and it dispels the gloom, and it brings the light of life to our lives. Yeah? And this is referring to a great visitation of God. And actually, Christian scholars 
and interpreters have identified a direct link with this particular prophecy in John 8.12, which refers to Jesus as the light of the world. We need the sun of righteousness to shine on us so that the light of Christ comes alive within us. Just like in his word, in the Psalms, it talks about his face shining upon us. Man, I want his face shining upon me, don't you? And in Numbers, this, in number six, the priestly prayer, make your face to shine upon us, oh God. Yeah? To be made to sit with him in the heavenly places. Now, when, when God says that he carried the Israelites on the wings of an eagle to himself, he's prophetically typifying the person and the work of his son, Jesus Christ, who is typified in Scripture as an eagle. God sent his son, his eagle, the pre-incarnate Christ, to pick his people up and to carry them to himself. We were carried to be close to God on the wings of the eagle. Receiving grace will always bring us close to God. Receiving what Jesus has done for us and placing our faith in the blood that has forgiven us of all of our sins, will bring us into a right relationship with God and into his presence and into his many, many blessings. Now, some of you are like, now, where in the world do you get this Jesus Christ is as an eagle? Well, you know what? I'm glad you asked. You didn't ask, but I could tell by your silence you were wondering. Jesus is symbolically identified in the Old Testament if you look at Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 10, their faces look like this. Each of the four had the face of a human being. And on the right side, each had the face of a lion. And on the left side, the face of an ox. And each had the face of an eagle. We also see the faces identified in Revelation chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, around the throne, and on each side stood four living creatures, full of eyes in front and behind. The first living creature resembled a lion, the second an ox, the third a human face, and the fourth was like an eagle in flight. And we can look at the Gospels, the four Gospels, and we can see that the four Gospels directly link to these two passages of Scripture. One in Ezekiel, Old Testament. Then at the very end, in Revelation. But we also see that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John identify characteristics in the nature of Jesus himself. When Matthew writes about Jesus from the perspective of being a lion, Mark, an ox, Luke, a man, and John, an eagle. So John figuratively represents Jesus as the Son of God, but he also references him being like an eagle. Isn't that amazing? And when we look at Scripture and we understand that healing, healing comes from his wings, we can go to a passage of Scripture in Matthew. Matthew chapter 9, verses 20 and 21. It says this, and you're familiar with this passage. Most of you have read this recently. You know it. If you've ever prayed for healing, you've probably read this passage. 
Here's what it says in the English Standard Version. Suddenly, a woman came from behind Jesus and touched the tassels of his prayer shawl for healing. She had been suffering from continual bleeding for 12 years, but had faith that Jesus could heal her. For she, she kept saying to herself, if I could only touch, watch this, the prayer shawl, I would be healed. Now go back to Malachi for a minute. Chapter 4, verse 2. What does it say again? But you, for, but for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. See, friends, when that young Jewish woman touched the hem of Jesus' garment, she had faith that she could touch that tassel on that prayer shawl. And when she was reaching out to touch that tassel, that fringe, she was thinking about this passage right there. Because she was brought up with the Jewish traditions to know that Jesus, the Messiah, was promised to be the healer. He was the fulfillment of the prophecy that Malachi gave that healing would be in the wings. And, and, and again, that prayer shawl was seen as wings. And just to grab the corner, just to grab the, because the very tassels, the very tassels of that tallit, that prayer shawl, stood for the promises of God. So what, what was she really taking hold of in that moment? She was really taking hold, not of a garment, not of thread, but she was literally grabbing hold of the prophetic promise of God. And she had enough faith. She had enough faith that she knew all that she had to do was grab a hold of it. And that was all it would take. She had enough faith to believe. Now, some of us in this room, we struggle, we wrestle with sick. All of us wrestle with sickness, mind you. But some of us wrestle with it more than others. Friends, this morning... See the prophetic promise in Malachi coming to fulfillment that you too, just like the woman who reached out to grab hold of the fringes, that you too can grab hold of the very promise of God. And when you grab on to the promise of God, again, that tassel, that fringe represented the promises of God. There was nothing magical in that prayer to lead. There was nothing magical in the very garment that Jesus had on. Now, Jesus himself, that's a whole other story. Because when she reached out and literally just grabbed the fringe, who touched me? Well, Jesus, there's people all around you. What do you mean who touched you? Man, I was in a crowd the other day, and I'm like, okay, if anybody else touches me. You know, if you've been in a crowd where people, they just like run into you, you're like, really right now? Go ahead. Obviously, you're in more of a hurry than I am. How did Jesus keep us cool, for one? But he, here he is in the midst of a crowd, and somebody literally just, it was like, 
if I just like grab, just like take it. And he didn't feel that. This was at the bottom of his prayer. He didn't feel it. But he knew that virtue left his body. Because Jesus is the healer. There is no other healer. There is no other way. He is the healer. And this woman understood that. In her Jewish traditions that she was brought up in, she realized that this prophecy right here on the screen right now referred to the coming Messiah who would be the light of the world, who would be the healer. And all she had to do was grab on to that fringe and know, and know that she knew that she knew that she would be healed. What if we could do that today? Well, Jesus isn't walking. You bet he's here. By the power of his Holy Spirit, he is here today just as much as he was for that woman on that day. And the same Jesus that had that tallit, that prayer shawl on. I wish I had a prayer shawl just so you could see it. But it's not in the shawl. It's not in, that's just symbolic. It's, it's in the fact that those fringes, those tassels represented the healing work. Some of you are hurting beyond what you have words to describe. Friend, you need to take hold of the promises of God today. Some of you are in, you're just in a relational wreck right now with someone. You, you're, every time you look at them, you see them sideways. You're venting sideways. You're, you need to take hold of the fringes. You need to take hold of the promises of God. Some of you right now, you've been given a diagnosis, a prognosis, and you're all messed up. You're worried. You're sick with worry. You need to this morning take hold of those fringes, the very promises of God and trust God. Some of you have lost a loved one. You've lost a job. You've experienced loss. You need to take hold of the very fringes, the very promises of God this morning. You don't need to continue to walk in it. The Lord is saying enough is enough. Do you realize that you can only do so much grieving, friends? And sooner or later, you have got to just say, Lord, 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 you see me. You see my heart. You know what I'm going through. I can't take this anymore. And all you need to do is spread out your wings. And you just look up and you say, Jesus, lift me up. Lift me out of this. Let me soar with you again. Let me tell you something. If you're dealing with a sickness that is literally rocking your world, I've recently gone through some tests, and I still don't even know the outcome of some of the tests I've gone through. But you know what? I would be up at night worried sick, and that's why I got the message last week, by the way. So sometimes God even comes in the midst of our worry and concern. He says, hey, boy, let me remind you of what my word says to you. And how many of you know you got to get up and you got to start claiming your promises? you got to start claiming your children who have wandered away from the faith. You've got to start claiming deliverance. You've got to start claiming, no, this house belongs to God. You've got to start claiming, no, this is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And this is going to be where God continues to live in me. So Satan, you are not welcome here. Out. 
I want to read, I want to read just a couple of verses for you, and the worship team, come back up. I want to read a couple of verses to prepare us because we're going to go into prayer and we're going to go back into worship because I believe there's something, there's something significant about worship and prayer together. I don't fully understand it, but I just know that God works and God moves if you're willing. Psalm 91, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence, and he will cover you with his pinions. In some translations it says he will cover you with his feathers. And under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. Man, can I tell you something? All we need to do is activate our faith in the promises of God. That's the difference. That was the difference for the woman who had an issue. Twelve years she had that issue but she activated her faith when she knew that Jesus was coming close by. When Jesus was going to pass by, she activated her faith. And how did she activate her faith? She said, if I can just take hold. There are some of you in the room this morning, you need to say that. If I could just take hold. Right? Activate your faith. Believe. Believe. You have to believe. You have to have belief that he is able to do what he said he would do. You have to have enough hope to believe that he wants to do what he has promised to do. And you need to have trust in the fact that if God said it, that settles it. Yeah? And to be persuaded that nothing is going to change your mind. And that you're going to hold out hope. And you're going to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of you. So this morning, stand with me. We're going to go back into the song.